0: In this episode, we'll be looking at Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. If you've got a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. As Paul opens this section, he tells his readers that they need to rejoice. He said he's wrote it to them before, he has no problem doing it again, and it's probably in their best interest that he continues to remind them that they need to rejoice. Let's face it, we all struggle sometimes dealing with the people and the situations in our lives. There's so much going on that is not the way we want it to be, and not even the way it should be. And and, and it creates tension in our lives, and strife, and sometimes anxieties and fears, and, and we struggle to deal with those things. But Paul is telling his readers that in spite of all of the unwanted circumstances we experience, there is still reason for much rejoicing. And I think intellectually we understand that, that if we made a list of all the good things in our lives and all the bad things in our lives, there's more good than bad. There are things that we should be grateful for and happy about having in our lives. But sometimes the things that are troubling us are troubling us so much we don't even want to rejoice. We can't even get to a place where we want to be joyful because of the way we're viewing the circumstances, the people, our situations. It seems from my experience that this happens most often when we've turned all of our attention and our focus to ourselves. Uh, When we're trying to manipulate or coerce an outcome that we want and we're trying to figure out how to make that happen is when we find ourselves very frustrated with our circumstances. See, we we tend to focus on what we have the ability to achieve and and accomplish on our own. We often don't want any help, or we don't want people to know we need help, and and so we start looking for what it is that we can do. Based on my knowledge base and, and my abilities, what can I pull off here to try to manipulate the outcome that I want? But here's the problem. If I'm focusing on my own ability or inability, I end up distorting God's will. See, God often gives us a a task or a path or or a circumstance that, that will take more than just us because we have to learn to trust him and lean on him. And I thwart God's will if I am going around him or past him or ignoring him to try to do it by myself. So we need to understand this focus on us and what we can do and what we can accomplish ends up being what Paul refers to here as this confidence in the flesh. I can do this on my own. I have to do this on my own to show other people that I don't need them, to show other people that I uh, have a right to be affirmed and and praised, or or to show God maybe we don't need him as much as he thinks we do. But again, when I focus on me, I'm distorting God's will. Uh, God's commands for us have never been merely about accomplishing a physical act. Uh, the things he tells us to do, it's not about that thing, right? And on our journey, we're told to use different vehicles along the journey, but often we treat the vehicle as the destination. Uh, I can only imagine what it would be like if my family wanted to go on vacation and I said, okay. We're going to have a week-long vacation. It's going to be amazing, and we all pack up, and we get in the car, and we load up, and I go, all right, we're here. See, the car's not the destination. The car's the vehicle that'll get me to my destination. And it may be that that car is going to take me to a plane that's going to take me to a port that takes me to a ship that takes me on a journey and brings me back again, and I have to get on other vehicles to return home. When God gives us things to do, whether it's serving the poor, whether it's worshiping him, whether it's uh, meditating on uh, all that he's done for us and, and prayer and Bible study, all the different things that we can think of that scripture talks about us doing, each of those things is a vehicle that should be taking us to a different place, not a physical place, but a spiritual place. Uh, very often in Scripture, the things that are physical are described as uh, a, a shadow or, or a copy of the bigger thing that we're meant to experience. I can think of uh, things like our communion or the Lord's Supper, where we eat a piece of bread and, and, and drink some juice from a, a grapevine, and we are supposed to be transported to a place where we see Jesus. It's not the eating bread and drinking the juice that that has the significance. It's the communion with Christ. But that memorial meal is the vehicle that takes us there. In prayer, when we talk to God, it's not about finding the right posture and the right tone of voice and using the right vocabulary. It's allowing that vehicle of prayer to take us to the presence of God and have a conversation. And we can go on and on with the things that Jesus talks about in Scripture. Remember his description of the judgment in um, in the Gospels. He He says, to one group of people that they were good servants because they had fed him when he was hungry and clothed him when he was naked and visited him in prison and when he was sick. They had done all of these things for him. And they kind of look at Jesus and say, I don't remember ever doing those things for you. And he says, when you did it for the least of these, when you did it for the marginalized in society, when you did it for the people who couldn't help themselves, when you did it for those folks, you were doing it for me. The, the giving of ourselves in those situations is not the destination. We're not uh, being kind and charitable just so that we can tell God we were kind and charitable. When we give the way we've been commanded to give when we understand other human beings and have the same love for them that God does that doing for the least of these takes us to a place where we're doing it for Christ. All of the good works that we read about in scripture are are not an end unto themselves. We don't do any of those things as a final destination. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people feel like their conversion experience is not a vehicle that takes them further, but it's a finish point, a destination in and of itself. Uh, Whether you prayed a prayer or were baptized or whatever you call your conversion experience, if you don't see that as movement toward becoming the person that God wants you to be, then you've missed the point. You didn't use the vehicle as it was intended. If I see that experience as something that I did so that I'm okay now and nothing else matters, you miss so much of what Jesus talks about when he says, Blessed are those who hear these words of mine and do them. God's commands have never been merely about accomplishing the physical act. Rather, God's desire has always been that the action will have a spiritual effect. And Paul, make sure that we understand, no matter how good we are, no matter how good we are at the physical, we should not put confidence on that because he said in his case, he was better than any of them. And he still couldn't put that confidence in himself. He says, I'd always gone to church. I knew everything the Bible said. I knew the language. I was eager to do what I thought was right. And then he says none of that mattered because God was looking for a person of faith. Faith doesn't mean that we don't do things, but it changes our whole motivation for it and changes what we experience when we do it. Just doing the thing. Just using whatever physical ability I have to accomplish a task has no significance at all. But if I use that task as a means of transporting me to the spiritual place God wants me, it becomes a a conduit of my own spiritual growth and God's grace and mercy and his love. Now that good work is accomplishing what Christ intended it to. We need to understand this as we uh, start talking about things that Paul is talking about in this section of Scripture, namely salvation, right? When we talk about salvation, we often talk about it in a very selfish way. God did this for me. If I was the only one that ever sinned, God would have still died for me. And while there may be some truth to that, to focus on that causes us to miss a bigger point. Because my salvation is not just about rescuing me or how well I can keep God's commandments. Salvation is about a willingness to let God accomplish His will through me. Right When I surrender to God, I'm not living my life anymore. I'm letting Him live it. The things that are accomplished are things that He's doing through me. The things that... uh, I should desire should be to allow God to do whatever he wants. But very often that desire to accomplish the things that we can physically get in the way of that kind of surrender to God to let him use us in a physical way to accomplish his spiritual purposes. Paul says in this section that everything that he had gained, and he evidently had gained a lot, but everything that he had gained was absolutely a loss if it was not for Jesus. Do we ever think in that context? Do we ever think in those terms where what's happening in my daily life, any good thing that I'm seeing in my life is only good if it accomplishes God's purposes? It doesn't matter how much I like it. It doesn't matter how much approval it gets me from other people. It doesn't matter how well people uh, honor me as a result of it, if it's not a gain for Jesus, it's not a gain at all. It's actually a loss for us. Getting to this point where we realize that nothing we accomplish is, is for us but for Jesus is at the essence of faith. Faith is trusting God enough to do what he's called us to do that I don't do this for me, I do it for Jesus. And I trust him enough that whatever I do for him will be in my best interest. I don't have to figure it out for myself. I don't have to do it for myself. I don't have to accomplish it for myself. I just listen to Jesus and do what he said, knowing he's never asked me to do anything that's not in my best interest. I trust him always and do what he's called me to do. That means when... Jesus says, love your enemy. We have to do that. You know, when we find ourselves in a situation where someone is coming at us and that they are eager to see us diminished or harmed in any way, will we love them or will we try to set things straight ourselves? Because remember, God says, vengeance is mine. So it, to take vengeance on someone to try to get someone back to try to put them in their place to try to teach them a lesson is to put ourselves in God's place and say no God I don't need you to do this right now I got it that's not faith right that's not trusting God enough to do it the way he said because God says anytime someone does evil to you you should return kindness that's not what we do we we want to. We may not be as mean as the other person, but we feel like we need to get them back. I see so much of it online these days, as people uh, in one particular political camp or another take shots at the other, thinking that that somehow validates their position. And it's actually very unChristian because Jesus said, "Don't behave that way." Doesn't matter which side of the argument you're on. I don't care. What matters is how you handle yourself. There is a Christian response to Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) You, You can pick whichever side you want. I'm not even concerned about that. I am concerned about how we respond to it. Because if we've not actually put faith in Christ, we may be tempted to rely on whatever we can do in the flesh to do what we think is right the essence of Christian faith is realizing that anything I gain that's not a gain for Jesus is a loss for me until I fully embrace that, until it embodies every decision that I make, whether it's how I go about my job, how I go about raising my children and functioning in my family, whatever aspect of life I'm talking about, if I'm not willing to do it in a way that gains something for Christ, that puts his desires ahead of mine. It's a loss for me. I'm relying on my flesh and my ability to fix it myself rather than trusting that Jesus' way is the right way. Let's learn from Paul. Let's be a people who are not caught up in the flesh but are willing to live by faith to live the life that god has called us to in christ to trust jesus enough to do the things that he wants us to do thank you for listening you can find more of these messages on our website calerachurchofchrist.org or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app you can also like us on facebook and follow us on twitter